With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, people. Welcome to the next edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Remember, they are the home of the best of the best multis. I'll tell you what, they were singing and dancing in the streets everywhere. After last week's podcast, winners galore is, I think, the best way to describe it. Um, at the head of that is the usual suspects. Tristan Merlihan, the number one seed up there at top sport. And Jared Condon from Reading the Play. Oh, what a lovely world we live in, gentlemen. Yeah, what about the uh, the, the results last week? Very, very impressive work. The uh, NFL and then the, uh, the the staking plan primarily for the racing as well. Uh, it was, it was too good. So, no, very... Uh, very enjoyable weekend. There was some really good games of NFL and um, yeah, we're moving into the business part of the year for sure. So um, yeah, it's all, all ticking along. Uh, all systems go. Yes, gentlemen, lovely week. Nice collects. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to talk about the fact that Jimmy ended up with a 2-1 lunch bet result, but uh, the fat lady hasn't sung yet. We've still got a couple of weeks to go. He's only one in front. And uh, gee, we'll get to the NFL soon. That's absolutely hotting up. There's some um, big weeks in front of us there, and even so, in the uh, World Cup, I mean, gee, what's happening with the soccer, Tristan? There's been some amazing uh, results, and gee, some of the goals we see and the skill that's involved is amazing. And well, it happens to be a Test cricket um, about to unfold. Um, gee, I don't know. I think the Australian public really has dropped off, wanting to be a, a part of watching. Certainly, the ratings are showing that Test cricket at the moment. Yeah, no, for sure, and 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 just to touch on Jared, the the football, wow, that it's been um, you know an exciting World Cup. I, I was a little bit not concerned, but I thought, oh, with the time zone, are we going to be able to witness as much as we would have liked? But just that morning game and the quality of the competition, and there was a lot of talk at the start about obviously everything happening off the pitch, but the the performances on the field have been great. The um, we've got despite there being a lot of upsets throughout the group phases. We've pretty much got all the uh, the, the big guns into the quarterfinals away from Fran- uh, away from Spain, which is um, and Germany, of course. But uh, of the court of the round of sixteen, a lot of the favourites progress, which really sets up some mouthwatering prospects: the England France match and then the Netherlands Argentina game. They're two absolute cracking affairs, and wow, the, the, some of the goals Brazil have put into the back of net. It's been captivating viewing, so I think that's going to be a really exciting game against Croatia too. If you like. Well, podcast sorry mate uh subscribe uh, wherever you get it spotify apple uh, megaphone uh, you 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 find us there uh, market watch uh, search for that uh youtube we're on youtube as well um you better run us through so what we've got this we've got world cup footy we'll get to the quarterfinals uh test cricket has started as we are recording uh just starting australia uh, batting in that one we'll get to the nfl and of course uh the racing as well um, look, give me a couple of minutes here. I've just got to go through the collects that I had from last week. So bear with me while this one. Um, that'll, so, that'll just take 10 seconds, won't it, Jimmy? 
49ers minus three and a half. Uh, one for the true believers there. Uh, well done on that one. Uh, and then uh, the all-important staking plan, as you so uh, accurately uh, alluded to, Tristan. Uh, race seven, number six at Rose Hill. Somi, uh, the $12 or $3.30. Thanks very much. So a little collect there. Jared, how do you go? Did you have any luck over there? Uh, Jimmy, I did. I did. Uh, two from two with the NFL, and that makes it uh, four from four with the NFL, um, and 100% record so far at the moment, and have been tapped on the shoulder from a few people who are following and enjoying that. All right. Well, let's um, get to an update then for Pass It On Clothing, the, uh, the great charity that we support, and then, of course, uh, the all-important lunch bet table, which I think we need to get to as well. Yeah, well, we've got a balance there of 2,681 in the kitty. So ticking along very, very nicely. But yeah, I'm not certain everyone agrees with your staking plan, Jimmy, as much as I uh, accurately put forward how beneficial it was there for last week. Again, I was actually having a couple of beverages with my beautiful wife there on Sunday and um, she wanted to have a wager on, her, on a horse at $5. And I said, what's your st staking plan, Ash? And she goes, what, what do you mean by staking plan? I said, oh, we have to go... 50 by 50 and she goes what are you a man or a mouse was her comment so <laughs> yeah, yes yes indeed i'd uh, i'd love to get max presnell in here just to have a little touch up and a couple of beers with you jimmy uh anyway that's probably another story but um the great thing about passing on clothing gentlemen is right now they have their christmas campaign running online you can follow them on twitter or find them on facebook uh they're looking to raise $20,000 out of which they then turn into individual gifts for all the homeless and less fortunate people that they look after on uh, across Sydney and the Central Coast each week. And uh, we might well pop a little donation into that in the coming weeks. Um, and I think they're already up over two or 3,000. Plus they have the Undies for All campaign now running into Christmas. So uh, you can buy a three pack of undies and your purchase actually then donates another pack that is then gifted on by Parcel on Clothing to those on the streets. Um, so again, follow those links. And if you can help, I'm, on, I'm sure all of us being uh, of the male variety out there are going to get um, packs of undies and socks and God knows what and under the Christmas tree from uh, those who uh, lack a little thought uh, or suggestion for our Christmas gifts this uh, uh, Christmas, uh, why not steer them towards the Undies for All campaign? It um, not only helps us, it'll help a lot of other people. Right, Tristan, finish the story. How'd the $5 pop go? Ran third, didn't it? <laughs> Ran second. <laughs> <That was fun. laughs> there you go. But, there you go. but as we all know with this situation, Ash was most certainly right. <laughs> oh, no, that's very well spotted. Very well spotted. Can you give us a, a lunch bed update, uh, Jared? Uh, Jimmy, I can. You had three last week with a two-one result. So yeah. you're on the plus one. You're one in front of me at the moment. I had two bets last week, uh, one up and one down. And uh, Tristan chimed in and he had the one bet, uh, which ended up a, a loser. So right at the moment, you have your nose in front by one. And we've probably got another couple of weeks to play out. And uh, I hope you've had a bit of a look at the NFL this week, because um, I'm sure there's a couple there that I'd love to take you on with. Just looking at the uh, Tristan's record there, any chance that Ash could do the podcast next week? Maybe. <laughs> 
she doesn't know about the uh the, the I'm, I'm actually just as we're speaking putting my fine into the uh end of the charity account which will be in there in a second but no she's unaware of that because uh yes she would have been able to have 100 each way on that horse if uh, if that wasn't the, uh, the, the case i'm tipping uh yes go the um go the rams plus eight which was the the bet from last week some uh, incredible results uh, um i don't know what's going on there at detroit um Tristan, but you'd be getting very excited about that. Before we get to that, mate, let's have a look at this World Cup, the quarterfinals that are coming up. You mentioned the time slots there. They're not great at 2am, but the 6am ones work just about for everyone, don't they? Uh, fantastic matches. Um, what are the prices there at Top Sport? Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic matches. And we've got four, as I touched on, cracking games. The first match sees Croatia take on Brazil. Let's not forget these are the 90-minute markets where Croatia is $9.50, the draw is $5, and Brazil is $1.35. The advance to the next stage market is $1.14, Brazil obviously firm favourites there. Uh, the latter games, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the outsider in the next game, the Netherlands against Argentina. The Dutch are three sixty-five to win in ninety minutes. The draw three ten, and Argentina two dollars twenty. To qualify, we see the Netherlands two thirty-five and Argentina a dollar sixty. I know there's a, as you pointed out rightfully, Jimmy, there's a little fella called Lionel Messi in Argentina, Argentina's side. But the Dutch were very, very solid to start the tournament. The USA came into the round of sixteen with a lot of people talking about them. They really pushed England to the brink in, in the in the group stages, and the Netherlands really dominated them in that matchup. Argentina were fortunate to beat Australia. They got beaten by Saudi Arabia. And despite winning their other games 2-0, they were nil all at halftime in both of those affairs. So I, I, I just feel that Netherlands are, are a lot bigger price than they should be in that match. Um, then the last two games taking place on early Sunday morning, Portugal $1.67, the draw $3.70 in Morocco, the big giant killers of, of Spain, they're $5.60, where the two qualify markets are 129 Portugal, 360 Morocco, and then I think the game everyone is waiting for, the bitter rivals, France v England, where it's 305 England, 240 France, and $3.25 the draw to advance. We see England at 208, France at 175. I think that game's pretty close to a toss of the coin job as well. I think that one's going to be an absolute cracker to round out the quarterfinal matches. Surely that last game, England and France, is the one, as you touched on, um, Tristan, everybody, all the English, they've just been so chirpy over recent weeks, um, especially the last week. And we see it splashed across social media every day. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Well, the French are just the right people to absolutely stick that cause where many might like it to go. So that's uh, that's the most intriguing game of the weekend for mine. But um uh, gee, you know, given the ill health of uh, Pelé at the moment, maybe you know Brazil, the very warm futures favourite, might end up going through and doing the deed that many would like them to do. Uh, just on that, with our strong links to England, the mother country, um, that everyone say, oh, do, would you like England to win? I thought, no, they'd be intolerable if they were to win this World Cup. So, oh. um, I, I, absolutely, uh, I'll be going for France in that one. Tristan, I wonder whether I can interest you in a lunch bet around Argentina and the Netherlands. I know you've you've pushed them now for four days and the Netherlands think they're incorrectly priced. Have you got any interest in, in doing something there? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, there is a sizable um, discrepancy in the betting, Jimmy, but, and we can't take a line. But how about this? Let's see if we can get our negotiation skills on the, uh, on, on the line. 
uh, we do a draw no bet where uh, you take Argentina in 90 minutes, I take Netherlands to go through and, uh, and, and, and that way it's probably about a 50-50 proposition. Does that interest you at all? There's a lot of numbers coming at me there, Tristan, but yes, I'm happy to take that on. All right. <laughs> Somehow, I've, you know, I have my father-in-law who said, if you're in the room and you can't find the mock, you're the mock. <laughs> I'll also grade the uh, the lunch bet score for this week as well. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. That's- Listen, the goal here is to just queue, keep queuing Jimmy up with the lunch bets. That's all we've got to do. Well, I, I, there I thought it was on. I thought it was on. So uh, we've done it. Presently, as it stands, gentlemen, uh, we have Australia none for 17 after four overs. We're talking about the second test match at Adelaide. So... Um, the, the incredible stuff around what we've seen this is that they tried to get Pat Cummins to get through to play. That was Phil Hardy in the extreme with the short turnaround. And now he's gone back. Uh, Josh Hazelwood is out too. Michael Nisa comes into the side. So to join Scotty Boland there in a new look bowling lineup. But the big story obviously is Davey Warner. I'd love to get your thoughts as cricket fans, cricket lovers um, around David Warner and um, what the response has been from him to the response from Cricket Australia about uh, getting some sort of leadership position back in Australian cricket, Tristan? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, just reading the room, there's been an interesting uh, reaction to some of his his statements. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, it's a fascinating one because at the same time, we've got Stephen Smith now as the, as the captain of this outfit too. But just before we get onto that, the uh, Michael Nisa coming to the squad, he was actually... Um, he was actually a member of our little indoor cricket team for a, for a oh, while, and uh, he had to I, I had to sort of just try. I told him to bend the back a few times when I'd, I'd out, outpace him a few times back when he was he was fourteen and I was uh, twenty two or whatever the, the age difference was. But uh, no, yeah, Davey Warner. He um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm there's obviously so much going on there. He's he's already indicated that he's at the back end of his career, and there's not much uh, you know potential. What, uh, red ball cricket in there so you know to, to put his name forward for captaincy and these sort of things I just don't know regardless of what's happened with the sand sandpaper side of things is there merit in, in bringing him back into that position if the longevity is, is not necessarily going to be there anyway so um, I, I think Jared you've you probably got a stronger opinion on this than what I might might have but uh, it's it's an interesting uh, couple of uh, excerpts in the media. Yeah I, I'm not uh, I'm not David's um, greatest fan but I have to say I thought, uh, Jimmy, uh, Malcolm Conn's discussion with you earlier in the week and then his article in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald in the last 24 hours absolutely sums it up. And what a disaster of a mess the leadership of Australian cricket is and the fact that here we are nine months later going around in circles without anybody being able to make a decision. And it's all because we've got lawyers at 10 paces pointing fingers. Uh, there's no leadership from the board, from the CEO, from the top down at Australian cricket. Um, and as Malcolm Conn correctly says, you know, it, it took them two days to make decisions when um, there was uh, the ill fortune of what unfolded in South Africa. Yet here we are going around in circles for nine months. And, you know, Warner rightfully has just blown up and said this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, surely someone can make a decision and has put his hand up and now said, no, don't worry about it, I'll just step back. Um, you know, 
the public, as we all sort of touch on over recent weeks, you can just see that the public, and I'm certainly one of them. I mean, you know, going back um, five years and beyond, I've spent the last 35 to 40 years, you know, sitting in cars, listening to one day cricket or test cricket, or, you know, getting up at three, uh, two and three in the morning to watch a, a test match overseas, whether it was South Africa or England or India, um, and just avidly wanting to watch and support Australian cricket. I mean, these days, um, yeah, unless it looks like a captivating game, I probably would only watch, um, you know, 30% of what I used to watch. And, you know, I would be considered an avid sports follower. The, the general public is just falling off by the wayside. It was an incredible overreaction from Cricket Australia in the first instance. Um, it was a classic case of the tail wagging the dog when they were responding to what people thought should, could happen, when no one understood that this has been happening across cricket teams for a long, sides for a long, long time. I know that the presence of sandpaper was a new low, but you know they 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 massively overreacted. So here we are, four years later. Steve Steve Smith's about to captain the team in a Test match, and David Warner quite rightly says, in my opinion, given the lack of process that has taken forever to happen, that he says, "No, nah, bugger it. I'm not going to go for a leadership position. All he wants to do is captain a BBL side. But that, that's all he wants to do. And that they don't give him the opportunity to do so. And so the next part of me makes wants to think, why? Why do they not want to let David Warner do that? Why do they want to make him testify in public when they make no one else do that? It's incredible. And the, the reason must be this, because they don't want him anymore. So they want him out. You know, they've had enough of him. And that might be the case, but the way they've gone about it, I think it just stinks. And the, the, here's how haphazard the leadership is from Cricket Australia. We've got David Warner, the guy they don't want to hang around. They're giving a bonus contract to to play in the BBL. And they've got the bloke who was also involved in Sandpaper Gate, captaining the side in the test side, but they can't make room for him in the BBL. It, it's so haphazard the way they're going about things. It, it, it really is comical, amateurish. And it's really disappointing from an Australian cricket fan's point of view. But anyway, what do we do? Go, go the Aussies. And Jimmy, it's it's having a flow-on effect. It's having a flow-on effect from the from the top down. Of course, it is. It it has to. Uh, the, and the kids that are playing, they don't understand it. The the hard-bitten people have been around the block and seen it like like we all have it, saying, "Come on, guys, you're not you're doing a disservice to your national teams, Tristan." Well, and, and, and that's the thing, like, you only, like I'd like to put it back to the, to the Socceroos for a second because at the start of the tournament when uh, France dominated and beat us 4-1, the, the, the knives were out, the, everyone was saying Graham Arnold was this and that and, and people were bagging the Socceroos for getting into the World Cup and not being competitive. Literally in a week and a half's time, the sentiment has completely changed. The Aussie public wants to support their national team. The Aussie public wants to support whether it be soccer, whether it be cricket, whether it be rugby league, whether it be rugby union, they want to support the national team. And obviously if things aren't going well, they're going to, um, you know, kick, kick, kick them when they're down. But the change doesn't need to be massive. There's some very, very simple fixes here that can get the public back on side. And you can see in the space of literally two weeks, the Socceroos have gone from not being that well supported to probably being the, the, the number one sporting side nationally in, in the country, which is, which is a phenomenal achievement. I think cricket need to take a leap out of that book. And just to think, they won that test match against the West Indies. Like the West Indies haven't yeah. been beaten all year. The West Indies were competitive, but the Aussies still won it. And yet still, we're, we're not talking about the great cricket that they're playing. I, I don't know whether you can measure motivation, but if David Warner could get 100 today 
at the Adelaide Oval. I think he'd be a very happy opening batsman. All right, let's get into the NFL week 14. Um, some massive games coming up. Jared, you might want to go through our seedings as they stand for the AFC and the NFC. Little bit of a change over the course of the last week. Indeed, Jimmy. And as we get to the seedings, I guess a couple of these results from uh, week 13 start to highlight some of these changes. So we saw the Bengals at home, who were uh, two and a half point underdogs, beat the Chiefs again, 27-24. Now, they led 14-3, lost the lead, and then came from behind again. And Joe Burrow has this very good record against the Chiefs. Um, and once again, they stood up and won. The 49ers absolutely dusted up the Dolphins, even losing Jimmy uh, G in that first quarter uh, with, at the time, a suspected broken ankle. It now appears that it's not a break. He may be um, a slim chance of getting back for the finals. But 33-17, uh, the Dolphins, who uh, I was very keen about some of their form leading into that game, well, they certainly got showing up um, and... Uh, uh, Tua, who's been a bit of a, a bit of a, a rookie and a big rap on him as a quarterback for the Dolphins, just had an absolute shocker. Um, we'll get to the Lions in a moment. Now, the Cowboys absolutely flogged the Colts. Now, that was 21-19, uh, about a minute into the final quarter and blew out to a 54-19 uh, flogging. And the Cowboys could show uh, some of the improvement, and in particular what they have in attack this season. Now, let's get to the Lions. Now, the Lions flogged the Jags, 40 to 14. We've got uh, Tristan um, prickling up here in the background. He's just been on fire over recent weeks, riding this team. Now, Tristan, I read today, at the start of the season, Campbell, uh, the Lions coach, was 200 to 1 to win the coach of the year. And I think he's now in the under 20 to 1. Now, I don't know that he's going to end up in the frame. But the Lions do have a very good run home. Um, you know, they've got uh, a run where they've got the Vikings this week. Um, and they've been very well back. They started the week at plus one and a half underdogs. Now in the minus two and a half faves, Vikings, uh, Jets, Panthers, Bears, and the Packers in the last week. Now, I think they'll beat the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears. The Packers have got nothing to play for, and the Lions do. They could end up with a 9-8 finish in that run home. Gee, Tristan, you might have a little spring in your step at the moment. Yeah, I, I certainly do. And, wow, they've, they've, uh, they've certainly turned the corner. And particularly when a few of those games early in the season, they're a little bit unlucky to to lose as well, which when you're a team that's been down and out and to lose those tight games, it can certainly set the tone for the season, but that probably makes their run in recent times even more impressive. So no, they're certainly, uh, they're certainly making a bit of a charge. As you say, there's been an avalanche of, of money for the, uh, for the Lions this weekend. If they could, if they could get the result here, just looking at a few of the other teams on the, uh, on the NFC side, there's certainly, um, I think the uh, the wild card race is going to be wide open because you, you you move away from that NFC East division. There's certainly a, a very wide open uh, collection of sides that are going to get through into that wild card position. I do, and uh, I think coming back to those seedings. So on the NFC, the Eagles very impressive winners again. They're eleven and one, sit on top. Uh, uh, with seeding number one, I'm sure that that's where they're going to end up finishing, having week one off. Um, I think the teams be below them coming through. I only really probably have time at the moment for the Cowboys, the 49ers possibly, but there's now going to be the question mark that they're going to be playing 
their third string rookie quarterback in uh, Young Purdy, who was the last man out in the draft. Amazing story that. Uh, on the AFC, well, gee, it's just so competitive. With the Bills winning, with the Chiefs losing, with the Bengals winning, all of a sudden the Bills go from sitting number five seed up to number one seed. Chiefs back at number two. Ravens ticking over, but I think they've got some problems in the weeks ahead. Um, and they're now going to be a number of weeks without Lamar Jackson. They're at, sitting at number three. The Bengals are the one with the Red Star. They're on the rise, sit five at the moment, eight and four. But gee, they're playing some really good football. And I think um, far stronger quality football than they were last season. So um, AFC, gee, we're in, in for some outstanding finals in the weekend ahead, in particular on that AFC side. That was what characterised the Bengals season last year, wasn't it? The strong finish. So they're doing something similar again. Just on Detroit, they were one and six to start the year. Now they've won four of their last five. They take on the Vikings, as you mentioned, the uh, and he was a bit of a strange hire, wasn't he, Coach Dan Campbell? He was a bit of a different sort of dude. And everyone went, oh, hang on, what have we got, our, uh, got ourselves in for here? But doing a great job. Um, the Eagles are incredible. Have you changed your opinion on the Eagles? Because the Eagles were hot, then they weren't. And now they've come back to, we've got Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown just really firing this offense, Jared. Oh, listen, I, I think uh, last week's win over the Titans really really stamped the authority of the quality of play that they have in them. And um, very different to watch too, Jimmy, because we're seeing a quarterback that they're prepared to actually really do a lot of rushing and run yards, which normally they want to keep them away from uh, purely because they don't want the bumps and bruises and potential injury. And uh, he's a real fine. Uh, Jimmy, interesting story about the Titans. Um, they went into that game. They were very heavily back from about six and a half down to about three, but never, ever in the contest. The week prior, their general manager traded one of their uh, key attacking players and of all, in the week lead up, traded him to the Eagles. He went out and had an absolute blinder, uh, ripped them apart. Um, come Monday morning, the general manager who made that decision got sacked. Uh, and here the Titans are leading their division, uh, currently in a win, win position for their season. And back in February, he got a four-year extension. Well, it didn't last very long because after one very poor decision, well, there's question marks about a few others, but a very glaring one, he got walked out the door come uh, Monday morning. Do we know that Jimmy G's gone for the season? There was some speculation I read today that he might might be back for late. So Brock Purdy filling the role there. Trey Lance has gone for the year. The other one was the Bills lose Von Miller. Like that, that's just got to be Tristan, the, you know, this guy, a serial winner wherever he goes. If you, Sean McDermott, you're thinking, oh, uh, we, that's a guy we didn't need to lose. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where we're, we're in that crucial period of the season and, and we are getting a lot of uh, sizable injuries. Obviously, Jared touched on with Lamar Jackson. So there's three key injuries uh, for, for, for contending sides at the moment, just all that have occurred in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I think Von Miller, he, he's going to be a massive loss for the Bills. Um, but, you know, they, they do have quite a lot of depth there to, to cover that. But, yeah, like I, I probably agree with Jared. Like the way Cincinnati uh, beat a, a high-flying team in Kansas was very impressive. And it wasn't just the, the, the Burrow effect and the shootout. It was... It was a really impressive defensive performance as well against a really good side. And that that steal on, on Kelsey late to, to get the ball where it was a little bit controversial, but it just shows they can do it on both sides of the ball as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fascinating run home. Uh, there, there, there's going to be a lot of moving and ebbs and flows, I think. And, and I think it's it's having a roster that's 
that's nice and clean. And, and that's where the Eagles probably got the, their injuries at the right time of the year. They, they had injuries three or four weeks ago. And, and obviously they had such a good start to the season that if they did happen to drop a couple of games in that period, they were probably going to come back in, in, in the right spot. Same as Dallas with obviously since Dak's come back, they've been unbelievable. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this, this season finishes off. I think Von Miller is just enormous for the Bills. And Jimmy, you touch on, yeah, the, the guy's a winner. He went to the Rams last year in a mid-season um, uh, uh, change. And then, you know, the guy's just got experience. He's won titles. Uh, he was adding such a key difference to the Bills. And, you know, as a, a number of experienced commentators have said in the last couple of days out of the US, if you take Von Miller out of that defensive lineup for the Bills, they're good, but they don't have any of that experience. And he was the man that was able to make such a difference. So I think that that's a huge issue for the Bills and a big watch. I, I think the other key point about the Bengals is that last year when, when they were on that run, um, Burrow only ha really had one target in the air, and that was uh, Chase. And, you know, it paid dividends, and they were uh, such an attacking side and beautiful to watch. This year he's got three targets. Um, and they're using their attack far differently and I think far better. And as showed again last week, when they were, uh, they lost the lead to the Chiefs and for them to come home like they did, they also dropped an absolute sitter in um, the touchdown zone. You know, they could have ended up winning by a far bigger margin than they did. So uh, very interesting weeks ahead. Jimmy, looking at best bets this week, I thought uh, off the back of that loss, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, they go to Denver this week against the Broncos. We know how poor the Broncos and Russell, Russell Wilson's very questionable form has been. I think the Chiefs need to keep winning and performing to their best. Uh, I really like them here. Uh, yeah, the, the Broncos have just no points in them. Um, the line's eight and a half. The Chiefs' record and uh, Mahomes' record over this season and last year when uh, the lines have been probably above uh, five or six points hasn't been great. But this is the Broncos. I think he rips them a new one. I think the best of the week is the Chiefs at the minus eight and a half um, to absolutely give it to the Broncos. Tristan, you got a best for us this week? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the 49ers this weekend. I, I I think watching that game against the Buccaneers, um, I thought they were very very ordinary. The Buccaneers, other than uh, than the last three or four minutes when Tom Brady became Tom Brady again. Huh. And I think the fact that the 49ers have lost uh, Jimmy G, I, 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 there's been a lot of talk about that. I think it's got the line positioned at, at a spot where it's probably underrepresented, uh, you know, based on a number of factors. I, I think if Tampa Bay lose that game um, last week, I, I think this line is probably over five and, and I don't really think there's too much of a difference there. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking San Fran cover the minus, uh, minus three and a half, despite uh, the disrupted week. Uh, best defence in the league too, haven't they? The 49ers at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I like where you're going on that one. Okay. Jimmy, Jimmy, the Shanahan also plays a scheme where, um, as he showed when Purdy came off the bench last week, it's not so much about the quarterback. It's actually about the quarterback just getting the ball to where he wants it. Um, and I agree with Tristan. I, I think they cover that line. All right, I'm going to take you to SoFi Stadium. Uh, by the way, David Warner out. David Warner cool. out for 21. So Australia were rollicking along. Uh, David just dismissed as we are uh, recording this podcast. Yeah, so I'm going to take you to SoFi Stadium uh, and I'm going to take on your man, 
uh, Tower and the Miami Dolphins. So Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert and the crew. I'll take the plus three and I'll take the $2.07 as my best bet there. Um, I know they've had injury concerns, but you can say the same about all sides. But um, with Herbert there at, at home, uh, albeit there probably won't be many Chargers fans in the stadium, um, then I'm going I'm to go with uh, the Chargers plus three. The Chargers do have a very good record when they're the dogs, Jimmy. You've got them the right week. Um, I'm going to go with a second NFL bet this week instead of uh, sifting through the horse form as well. Carolina Panthers up against the Seattle Seahawks uh, up in Seattle. Um, I just think there's a lot of points in this. Both teams really struggling in defence. Seahawks over the last three or four, so, uh, three or four weeks absolutely opening up and conceding way, way too many points. I think this is an attacking shootout and uh, either side of the ball who have got the, uh, a playing attack, I just think we'll see um, a lot of points. So I'm going for the over 44 and a half there at $1.92. Do we think Joe Burrow gets it done finally against the Cleveland Browns or are we staying away from that one? You know, Burrow's never beaten the Browns. Is that right? Wow. He's had, he's had four cracks. And he's zero from four. And uh, I think there's a, there's a, I don't like the Browns. I'd have to be with the Bengals. Um, I think, you know, Deshaun Watson's first game last week was atrocious, but they are back at home. But they do have a defensive setup that does seem to shut down Burrow and uh, a lot of his attack. And earlier this season, they did clean them up um, on the road. So Browns back at home. Gee. I'm with Bengals, but I couldn't touch the game. What's the line, Tristan? Line is a flat six, but there has been a little bit of a push for the plus. It's 185 the plus. So, uh, yes. Okay. Deshaun Watson apparently getting plenty of massages during the week. So, it should be, should be right to go. Should I have said that? Oh, whoops. Too late. It's out there. So, you're not doing a racing bet? I'm not, Jimmy. Okay. I thought, I, I thought I'd let you have a 25 the win, 75 the place um, staking play. Mate, hang on. You got to be. Uh, what about you, Tristan? You got anything for us? I, I don't on Saturday because we've got. We're going to put all our eggs into the basket for uh, for summer loving, which uh, is in the Wang Magic Millions this time next week. We're recording this on a Thursday, so just keep an eye out on early markets there. They should be out probably Tuesday, and uh, fair bit of confidence in the camp for summer loving. So just keep a look out on Tuesday, funders, for summer loving in the Wang Magic Millions. Yeah, I think it'll open at $1.50 and uh, go from there. But anyway, uh, get in early to avoid disappointment. I'm going to go to Eagle Farm. It's race three, number five. There's a bit of money around for the Godfather. Trialed <coughs> sensationally well. Team Snowden uh, for Ryan Maloney to ride and uh, opened at $2.10. I think I can get $1.80. Might be best luck or something, surely, that uh, I'll boost it or something there, whatever I can do. Um, Are you 100 on the place? or No, hang on. I haven't. Reveal my staking plan just yet. No, $100 on the nose for this one. Ash would not talk to me if I went any other way with that. So dollar $1.80. I'm actually going to – got my top sport account here. So just uh, – let's see if I can – I'm, got su a, I'm surprised I got you didn't back the one, Jimmy. What's the one? <laughs> Risky investment. Yes, you know I stay away from those. Hang on. I'm going to go top up. $1.92. There you go. There you go. Well, it, there has been a lot of support, a lot of very sharp support for Godfather uh, on, on that race. So um, obviously a lot of these good little two-year-olds are getting themselves ready for 
the big races that are up here on the Gold Coast shortly. So we can do that and maybe just roll your winnings all up, summer loving if it does open up short in the wine magic means. But uh, yeah, Godfather will be uh, will be very very hard to beat, I think, in Brizzy there. Yeah, it's apparently John Corleone is all over it, so hence the the prices. Snowden prepared, unraced two-year-olds, got the number one jockey on board, and I'm sure it's um, up here to have a tilt at the Magic Million. So, um, Jimmy, might be a nice lead into the weeks ahead. Mate, Godfather Summer Loving, head-to-head in the Magic Millions. Wow, <laughs> wouldn't we love to see that? <laughs> hey, you'd nearly well, have to make the trip north, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, fantastic. All right, lads, um, plenty of cricket. Of course, lots of great football. Um, it's, in fact, the best time every four-year cycle for the football. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, of course, the NFL, which we're loving, and a great weekend of racing as well. Uh, well done, lads. I reckon we'll do this again next week. So there's there's only the one lunch bet. We're rounding out on just one lunch bet, Jimmy. Well, mate, I threw it out there. Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati, you didn't want to have a look at that. No one wanted to have a look at anything else. But, you know, it's up to you. Do You you, you know, you've been Toa's number one. I saw you there with a little flag. Go, Toa, go, Toa. That, that, that's me, mate. Mate, I, I, I burnt that last uh, Sunday night. Right. So there you go. So it's not, it's... I'm, I'm out. I'm gone right. on Toa. Okay. Yeah. Mate, I'll tell you what, you can jump off. Solid as 11. What, what, what are you... What do you think about Detroit, Jimmy? You're always bagging Detroit. You might want a little position on the Vikings, potentially. Mate, I'm, a, I'm on the Detroit train, mate. Four or five. Hey, Motor City, here we come. <laughs> you know, the, you know the, the, the two big things all across the, uh, the internet at the moment is, is it coming home and the lions are roaring again? <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read on an article today that they're an 8% chance of play, going to the playoffs. So... <laughs> In in the words of the great Harry Dunn, so you're saying I'm a chance. <laughs> and that's about the same chance that Pom's ever bringing it home as well. Yeah, well, there you go. That's, uh, that's what the market's telling us. All right, lads, enjoy the weekend. See you, Joe. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.